Welcome to Five Star Company Culture with your host, Josh Cunningham. In this podcast, we explore how culture is the key to unlocking massive profits and unprecedented freedom. Discover insights, strategies, and inspiring stories to transform your life and business. Here's your host, Josh Cunningham. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Five Star Company Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Cunningham, the founder and CEO here at Five Star Company Culture. Our mission is to help more entrepreneurs and business leaders achieve more profits and freedom in their life, right? We get into business not to become a slave of our business, not to build this prison that we have to show up to and grind it out each and every day, but we want to become entrepreneurs so we can have more freedom in our life, right? Freedom to spend time with our friends and family, freedom to you know, travel the world, donate to good causes, whatever freedom means to you. That's typically why we get into business, but what a lot of times happens is we find ourselves grinding it out 60, 70, 80 hours a week, constantly putting out fires. And so for me, you know, I find that culture is the key to unlocking those profits and freedom in your life. And today we've got a wonderful guest. We've got Claire Chandler joining us from New Jersey. How's it going today, Claire? It's going well, Josh. Great to be here. Thanks so much for uh, being on the show today. Claire is the president and founder of Talent Boost. They've been in business for over 10 years now, and they essentially help businesses expand without losing their best talent. So Claire, why don't you fill in the, the details here and fill in the gaps and give our audience a little bit more insight into your professional experiences and how, how you help businesses do exactly that. Yeah, I love that. So thanks for having me. Um, as, as I was mentioning to you before we, uh, we went live here, um, uh, so I'm a corporate survivor. I spent the first 20 years of my career within the walls of corporate America. Um, after, by the way, swearing I was never going to go that that route. Um, that is not really what my upbringing was. I'm the product of a school teacher and a small business owner. Um, so I think entrepreneurial uh, spirit was always in my blood, and it just took me a while to uh, to kind of you know get the confidence to walk out of corporate America and start my own my own journey. Um, I actually started that journey. I left corporate America in 2011 and I didn't form my company until 2013. It took me those two years, um, to savor the freedom that you touched upon, mm -hmm. you know, that freedom of being an entrepreneur and being your own boss and, and, and sort of building a, a business around your, your personality and your personal brand. Um, but it took me a while to figure out of all the things that I could do, what I wanted to do in terms of my core focus. And so when I formed Talent Boost, um, it was around this tagline of talent isn't born, it's boosted. Mm. Uh, because I truly do believe that everybody has it within them to do something amazing, to make an impact on the world, um, to, to, to lead in whatever definition that takes. And it just requires a little boost, right? Whether it's a, a fire within you that you just have to tap into, whether it's putting yourself in the right situation, surrounding yourself with the right people, the right mentors, the right network, um, you know, the right organization. But, you know, that that became my mantra. And now fast forward to today, I help um, mostly corporate clients, but I do help some small businesses and startups, et cetera, um, really do what you had mentioned earlier, which is to expand without losing their best talent. Mm, that's great. And I, and I love the phrase here. You say you're a corporate survivor and, and the phrase survivor alludes to the fact that you had to escape some negativity. And I would imagine some of that is culture related. Like what are, what are the things in corporate world that you were 
you know, people are normally motivated because they're seeking a benefit or they're avoiding pain. It sounds like you're avoiding some pain. What was that pain that you wanted to get away from? Yeah, you know, so it was interesting. So the the, the last um, several years that I was in corporate, I was uh, a, a, a rising leader, a rising talent um, within corporate America. And I left there as vice president of human resources. Hmm. So I wasn't thrown out. I wasn't failing. I wasn't, you know, any of that. I was actually on an executive track. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll spare you the long story of kind of what finally propelled me to go into the entrepreneurial journey. The short version is I got a cancer diagnosis in early 2011 that really mm. forced me to reevaluate um, where I was and to really answer that honest question of, you know, am I doing what I'm passionate about? And when I realized that the answer was no, um, you know, that coming back to my roots, right? Product of, of anything but corporate executive parents. Um, I knew I had to do something with that answer, but actually in hindsight, the, the signs were already there. So probably 18 months before I left, um, I was walking down the hall back to my office and my boss stopped me. And you're going to think I'm making this up, but this actually happened. And he goes, you need to tone down your walk. And I go like, what, what now? And he goes, your, your, your walk. It's so, it's so bouncy. It's so happy. And, and you, you, you know, people are going to think like you're up to something, like, you know, something they don't. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, so, so I, I, I'm coming back to that, to tell you that story and answer your question. Like, what were the, what were the signs? Right. Right. Like what was the pain I was walking away from? And it was comments like that from a quote unquote leader like him that were so emblematic of, of corporate culture done wrong. Mm -hmm. um, I know that you speak to and work with and really empower and embolden entrepreneurs. And what, what really um, drives me crazy about corporate cultures is almost without exception, they advertise for people with entrepreneurial spirit. Mm -hmm. You've seen in every job posting ever written by any large corporation, they say, we want you to bring your best self to work. We want you to be innovative. We're going to fail forward. We're going to do entrepreneurial spirit. Mm -hmm. And what ends up happening instead is when you walk down a hall in corporate America, you're told, yeah, we want an entrepreneurial spirit, but not like that. We yeah. want ideas, but not those, right? We want yeah. you to, so in, they advertise for entrepreneurial spirit, but then they reinforce a culture of conformity. Mm -hmm. And so that was a very long-winded answer to your question of, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to escape a failed career path. I was trying to escape fitting my life into a tightly lidded box that in mm. order to continue to ascend, I was going to be required to do more and more. And I just, the gift that that cancer diagnosis gave me was the wake up call to say, if I'm waiting for a better day, where I've got more experience, I've got more money saved, I've got more of a clue of how to run my own business. If, if I'm waiting for that, I'm going to blink. Mm -hmm. It's going to be 10 years down the road and I will have missed my shot. Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah, we, we want your entrepreneurial spirit, but we don't want you to walk the down the hallway with too much pep in your step, right? People are going to think you might enjoy 
what you do around here. You God know? forbid you actually walk through the halls of corporate America with a smile on your face. Yeah. There is a suspicion that you're up to something. Yeah. You got to be up to something. Yep. Absolutely. Right? Yep. It's crazy. That's wild. <laughs> uh, you know, like you said, you, you ask yourself that question, am I doing what I'm passionate about? And I think that's why, you know, like you said, before we hit record here, already feel a strong connection because you said culture is my jam you know i love culture is my jam as well in fact the my calendar calendly link is jam session right like the jam out talk about culture um but you know that question that we ask ourselves whether we're rising the ranks of corporate america or whether we're starting and building a business or whether we're an entry level you know employee of a bit of a company we want to be able to answer that like with with so much certainty, I'm doing something that I'm passionate about. And that is why culture is so important to organizations because it's not this nice to have thing. As you mentioned before, it's mission critical because yeah. if you have people wandering your halls or wandering your office or whatever you might have, your Zoom meetings, and they can't answer that question and say, yes, I'm doing something that I'm passionate about, then you've got a big issue. You've got a big issue with uh, employee retention. You've got a big issue with you know, happy employees aren't going to deliver great experiences to your customers. And so um, tell us a little bit more about how you help businesses, you know, expand without losing the best talent. Like, how do you attract and retain top quality talent and, and get those good people to stick around? Yeah. But so there, there are so many ways to do that. Um, and there are so many ways that I do that. But I start at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think there's a there is a prevailing myth that culture, in addition to being a nice to have bubbles up from the, from the bottom, right. From Mm. the ground up that it is actually formed and expressed by the the frontline workers. And I am here to tell you that the opposite is true. It's the leaders at the very top of an organization that shape culture. Mm -hmm. And as you said, and I wholeheartedly agree, culture is not a nice to have. It is, it is mission critical. It is a business imperative. You look at any company in any industry, the ones that outperform consistently outperform their competitors are the ones that have a strong, fit, cohesive, positive culture and mm-hmm. not of a bunch of sameness. They don't just chalk, you know, stock full the pond with people that look and act and believe and think and speak in the exact same way. Right. Um, they have figured out how to bring together that melting pot that we are supposed to be of different forms of talent and bring them together in a cohesive way. Um, So the first way that I help businesses is by starting at the very highest level of leadership that I can access from from the start because they have to get it first, Mm -hmm. right? They have to understand that their role as a leader is not about the trappings, the corner office, the fancy car, the the cush parking spot where they only have to walk a couple of feet to get to to their mahogany paneled <laughs> office and then close the door and just collect their, you know, collect bank. Um, it is an obligation. It's a duty. It's an honor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the leaders who get that, who get that there is an obligation in leadership and it's something that they aspire to because of the, of the duty that that holds, mm-hmm. not because of the trappings that it comes with are the ones that get it. Um, and so, you know, I, I do a lot of work from that leadership level to kind of get that that light bulb on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we we do a lot of work around the concept of authenticity. And that's mm-hmm. another word that sounds kind of fluffy and it sounds like a nice to have. But if your leaders aren't genuine, 
if they are not true to who they actually are and they embrace their leadership role as, as a role they play mm-hmm. versus an obligation that they embrace, their people see that, mm-hmm. you know? The, the, one of the one of the main reasons that leaders impact culture so much is because the people that are trying to follow them, they're paying attention. Yep. They see what gets rewarded. They see who gets advanced. Um, you know, the, the the those types of leaders who stop you in the hall and say, "Tone down your walk," are the same ones who walk into the room and say, "Do as I say, not as I do." Yep. Right. It's those sorts of mantras. I think I did an article in Forbes a couple of like a year ago or so about like the, and I kept it clean, but the, but the crap people say like the, the stupid stuff that, that leaders, you know, in, in quotes say, and they don't fully appreciate how they're repelling. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, so a lot of it is around heightening that awareness um, of a leader's obligation to shape culture in the right way um, of, of truly embracing the fact that they are the most visible expressions of culture in the company. And that people are paying attention. So, you know, get, getting that self-awareness up there and then and then having them understand that the most followable leaders are the ones who are authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I you you had mentioned right before we started recording, um, you know, that you that you put together your your vision, your mission, your values before you started hiring people. And I think that's so important that people do that. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of my core values in my business are own your walk, mm-hmm. not surprising given that story, yeah. right? And feed your passion. And again, not surprising given that that story. My third core value is grow on purpose. And we can come back to that. But I think every leader needs to understand they have to own their walk. Um, I do work with a lot of leaders, especially in larger companies. And when it's just the two of us talking, they will be at their most real. They will be mm-hmm. at their most vulnerable. They will be at their most quirky. They will drop an F-bomb or two. Mm-hmm. Um, not worried about being on brand. They're not worried about pretending that they have all the answers. And they're not worried about um, not showing fear to their colleagues or, or the people trying to um, you know, follow their, their direction. Yep. Right. It's the it's the leaders who truly are authentic, who show their personality, who show their uniqueness, who flaunt their entrepreneurial spirit if they have that. Um, but certainly who are true to their own beliefs, their own values, and their own their own walk mm-hmm. that are going to be the most successful because those are the people that employees want to get behind. Yeah. Yeah. I think authenticity is 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 critical and and a couple of things that fit within that umbrella of authenticity that you hit on here are, you know, not always having to have all the right answers. You know, a lot of times people think, yeah. oh, the, the leader, they're in charge. They have to have all the right answers and come out and give all the direction and all the order and crack the whip and, you know, hang the carrot out in front of us. Um, but, you know, I, when, like you said, when I first started my business uh, 10 years ago, you know, I had established what our vision, what our mission, what our core values were going to be. And then when I first started hiring my first handful of employees, I realized, okay, we're all trying to solve this one problem. And now I've got five people, 10 people, 15 people on the team, we're probably going to think of more than one way to do that. And rather than see that as some sort of a challenge or a threat, you know, to, to my authority, I saw that as a tool, right? I saw that as a way to tap into and be able to empower my people to build the organization with us. And one of the ways that I've done that is through our mastermind concept. So we invite all of our employees out once a month 
to come out and lend their ideas on what we're doing really well and what we're screwing up at. You know, what are the what are the big pain points? What are the big inconsistencies in our business? And then we brainstorm together because every single member of the organization has different experiences. They have different perspectives. They come from different cultural backgrounds. You know, like you said, culture doesn't just mean everybody thinks exactly alike. You know, it's it's about bringing everybody together and creating that synergy. And so as a leader, you know, I'm empowering the, the people of the organization to say, let's think of how we can solve this together versus, oh, no, I'm in charge. I have to have all the right answers. And, and another form of authenticity, I think, is vulnerability. You know, like you said, being able to be yourself, being able to express those opportunities, those failures, right, those those pain points. And when you give people the gift of vulnerability, you know, the law of reciprocity norm normally kicks in. And so when you're not always going around, you know, cracking the whip and telling people not to prance down the hallways and, you know, do, do as I, I say, prancing. not as I do. Let me be honest. I was it wasn't not a prance. I just want to be clear. <laughs> I was bouncing, apparently. A little bounce, a little too bouncy, right? But yeah, that's, that's like the Bill Lumberg mentality, you know, the old movie <laughs> Office Space, you know, like just the, that, that cold, cold, uh, you know, boss, not a leader uh, that has the title, that has the front row parking spot, you know, that has yeah. the, the pay raise, but no vulnerability, no connection, no fault, no uh, ability to empower other people. And so I think you hit it there right on the, right on the head. Um, what, what other, you know, experience shares or stories do you have to tell that sort of relate to our audience here, whether it's attracting and retaining top quality talent or, um, you know, just laying down that foundation of, uh, of a five-star company culture? Yeah. So, you know, for, for me, there's, uh, I've, I've been doing this a while, you know, like I said, I was in corporate for 20, for 20 years. I'm now a business owner for 10, a uh, couple of years in there. I kind of wandered the earth until I figured some things out, but you know, I've learned a thing or two. Right. And so I've got a, a, a sort of a framework, um, that I call growth on purpose, which is a, an homage to my, my third core value of grow on purpose. Um, and it's a framework that I take businesses through, from uh, it's kind of modeled on on four A's, right? So that first A is aspiration. Mm -hmm. um, you can call that purpose. You can call that mission. You can call it vision. Um, but you know, it's what what's interesting about what you just sort of shared about your mastermind um, is that you know you are very open and you orchestrate opportunities for people to come together and figure out the how in unique ways and in ways mm -hmm. that you haven't thought of. I have to remind leaders all the time, the reason you have a staff, a team, employees is because you're not supposed to have all the answers. You're mm -hmm. not supposed to do everything yourself. And so you creating that environment and those experiences where people can come together and, and figure out the how, mm -hmm. yes, in a cohesive collaborative way, but also in a unique way is great. And you're able to do that because you have built a culture around why. You have remained very true to your aspiration, right? Um, and a lot of companies forget how to do that. Mm -hmm. It's sort of gone gone past that as they've as they've grown. Startup companies have a golden opportunity to preserve that, like you have. Um, typically, they start as an expression of the personality of their founder, and they build a team around that. And you have to be very careful from the first employee you hire to the one thousandth employee that you stay true to your values, not mm -hmm. because you want to have everybody like, you know, like we said, homogenous, but we want them to be connected to your, to your why, to your aspiration. So that that's the first A. And then the rest of the framework is really around um, uh, th these other three A's. Cause I like, you know, alliteration um, mm -hmm. it's awareness, 
acceleration and alignment. And so awareness, we've already kind of touched upon, it's about raising the level of awareness from the leaders on down about um, who you truly are, what you mm -hmm. are truly talented at, and what you're not, right? What isn't serving you? What what are your blind spots, both individually and collectively? Um, and really understanding, you know, how do you play to your strengths in a better way? And then the acceleration piece is all around acceleration of trust. We were talking uh, right before we started recording about, you know, the fact that trust is an important element of culture. And then that culture is foundational. Um, you know, a lot of times when leaders suppress vulnerability, when they suppress their own walk, when they suppress their own personality, um, and they pretend to have all the answers, they're eroding trust. These mm. are people know they don't have all the answers, right? Because last yeah. they checked, they were human just like we are, and we make mistakes, and therefore our leaders must make mistakes. Yeah. And so, you know, that, that sort of middle pillar around acceleration is creating experiences and opportunities through team dynamics workshops and leadership retreats and, um, you know, sort of growth readiness uh, types of exercises. And like, you know, your, your mastermind is a golden um, example of, of that kind of an experience is bringing people together and reminding them first and sort of connecting the threads that make them human and, and, and bring that sort of common ground together first so mm -hmm. that we can accelerate trust. You can't manufacture trust. But you can accelerate it if you get people around, you know, in the room toward a common purpose, solve a business problem, you know, um, create a process that's far less inefficient, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's all of those sorts of things. And then the final pillar is around alignment, and it's around alignment on what matters. Um, and all of this is sort of this, this mutually reinforcing framework, right? Mm -hmm. Because you want to align not just on your aspiration, your purpose, your mission, your why, but you also want to align all the, all of your people, all of their best talents, and all of what uniquely motivates them to how you're going to come together and contribute toward achieving your growth strategy. Yeah. And so that framework kind of builds upon itself. Um, but really, the result is what I call this growth on purpose, and that's obviously intentional because you know growth for the sake of growth is not sustainable. Yeah. Growth that constantly reinforces why you are in business to begin with and what that aspiration is that you're striving for is. Exactly. I love it. Growth on purpose, aspiration, awareness, acceleration, and alignment. And, and you know, it, to the point of someone always pretending like they have all the answers, you know, we're all human. We all make mistakes. It's it, How many of you have ever been around someone who always pretends like they know what's going on? All that inspires you to do is like search for the holes in their story right? oh, yeah. is, to, is to prove them wrong one day. So now your people aren't listening to you and taking your leadership in your direction. Instead, they're, they're trying to poke holes in your story and figure, all right, this guy's not always right 100% of the time. So what's he, what's he BSing about now? So um, that's, that's a, a really good message. So, I mean, this has been an awesome conversation, Claire. I really appreciate uh, you coming on the podcast today and sharing uh, your experiences here. Uh, if people want to get some more resources from you and uh, learn a little bit more about your expertise and and all of your, um, you know, contributions to the the corporate world, and like you said, you work with some small businesses and entrepreneurs as well. Where, where would you point them? I do. So um, you can check out my business site, which is talentboost.net. Uh, if you really want to get to know me better and and kind of my unique personality, it's clairechandler.net. Um, and then I know I mentioned before we started recording that there's one resource that I wanted to. Uh, kind of share with your, your audience, but I'm actually going to share two, if that's okay. Yeah, um, certainly. 
Okay. So, and they're both, they're both free for download. The first one is the culture effect. Um, so it's a, it's a very uh, short, but very actionable book around how to um, drive more successful integration in your culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you can get that at clairechandler.net slash culture. And then since you indulged me and let me kind of go through my growth on purpose framework, I do have a one page kind of overview of that framework and your uh, audience can go grab that at clairechandler.net slash roadmap. Nice. Clairechandler.net slash roadmap. Yep. And then I've got clairechandler.net slash culture. Yep. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for, for providing that for our listeners here. And uh, for our listeners, thanks again for joining us. Hope you got a lot of value out of today's conversation. Um, have no fear. We'll have more amazing guests like Claire on our future episodes. Claire, it's been a, a wonderful opportunity to get to chat with you and jam out with you on uh, some culture talk today. Yeah, this is great. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for being on the show. We'll see you again next time, guys. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Five Star Company Culture with Josh Cunningham. Embrace these lessons to elevate your business and join the ranks of thriving organizations. Stay tuned for more episodes. And until next time, remember, culture is the key to your success.